0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 126 of a wrestling gal podcast, providing you with a female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J, as today I am joined by the good witch. Kaya McKenna. Now, let's chat. Hello, everybody. Today, I am joined by the good witch, Kaya McKenna. So how are you doing today, Kaya?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing?
0: I am doing pretty good. I'm excited to be chatting with you today. We got a lot to discuss. You've been doing quite a bit lately, girl.
1: Yeah, I've just been trying to just keep on pushing forward, adapt and overcome within yeah. reason. You know, still obviously being safe and aware of everything that's currently happening with the pandemic. Yeah. But not letting it not letting it stall me in any capacity.
0: Yeah, but speaking of that, how have you stayed positive throughout this whole last year in the world as you alluded to?
1: <laughs> well, you know, you can't control everything. Yeah. Right? Like as much as we like to think that we can control everything, we can't. So when you have times where something is taken out of your control, it's better to reframe and focus on what you can control. So as of right now, I can't necessarily control whether or not I will be able to wrestle on shows, Mm -hmm. but I can control going to training. I can control building my social media following. I can control doing interviews. I can control going to the gym and getting in better shape. I can control Making sure I have nice gear, getting merch ready—like, I there's so many other factors that I can control. That it's kind of silly to just get totally discouraged because you can't shows, you know. And and I know that sucks because that's like my favorite part, right? I think that's everybody's favorite part is performing for the fans. But you can still there's still work to be done in any capacity, you know.
0: I think so. There's always something that can be done or improved upon or developed some skill. I definitely agree with that. Keep busy and like control what you can and try to stay sane and, you know, not go crazy, (laughs) especially.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely. I can imagine that it was very very difficult for some of my fellow wrestlers who were in this lifestyle mm. where they just wrestled constantly every weekend, multiple times a weekend, in different states, and they were just grinding and going, and it all comes to a stop. So that's very hard, like to just having abrupt change to your mm. lifestyle. It's- and yeah, you know, for me, I was just coming out of wrestling school as the pandemic. Hit. Yeah, so I was really excited and like, let's go! I'm ready! I'm ready to wrestle! Let's go! And then it's like there was nothing for like 4 months immediately after i graduated and i wasn't somebody that had a backlog of content that i could depend on or photographs or videos or there there was nothing it was truly like starting from scratch but i just tried to pick up the pieces slowly and and put something together i think it's gone pretty well
0: I think so, too, girl. I mean, you talk about being on the <laughs> grind, and you recently competed in Game Changer Wrestling's 24-hour special, which had a grind of so many staff, wrestlers, photographers, ring announcers, and everybody was on the grind that day at Fight Forever, where you took on holiday Dead during Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl Shit program, which, by the way, just the name alone was flippin' fantastic. So how was that sharing the ring with Holla and competing in a show with so many other amazing talent?
1: Honestly, it was an honor, especially so early in my career Mm -hmm. to be afforded an opportunity like that. I was absolutely going to take advantage of it. And it just to be on a card with the people I shared the ring with that day, like Allie, Willow, Mm Holla Molly McCoy, Ziggy Hyam. You know, these girls who have been grinding and are just kicking so much ass just to be in their company was so wonderful. And you know, honestly, for that was my ninth match. <laughs> really, because of the pandemic, so I've not been out every weekend. Yeah. Right? So that was my ninth match, and I felt really lucky. I got to have it with somebody like Holly Dead because I think we did good, and I learned a lot. And she was a great mentor, but she kicked my ass, and I got to be better prepared next time because I'm coming. I'm manifesting the win.
0: Manifest, man. Yeah. And I-
1: fighting the un- fighting the undead is no joke. Okay? <laughs>
0: I felt I'm like not ready. I felt like there was a good contrast between her darker undead character compared to your good witch positive character. So that was a really compelling storyline. And I think that's something we can have again in the future. Hopefully this time, kind of good overcomes evil or good overcomes dark. But we will see. It's definitely something to keep pushing forward. And like you said, you keep progressing and you keep pushing and you still have a lot of room. You're just starting out like you said, so you still have a lot left to prove and left in the tank.
1: Well yeah, and I really I like doing stuff like that. Because yeah. I feel like there's so much meat on the bone mm-hmm. that you have these two characters, right? The good versus evil, like the undead versus the good witch. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's so much there. And in a world of wrestling where you can have whatever you want and there's so many options these days, it's still sometimes the story gets lost in like the display of athleticism mm-hmm. or you know, the fight or whatever it may be. And, and to be somebody that can actually bring these stories back to the forefront, I think is really special and really fun mm-hmm. to just get people involved. And, in, and, mm-hmm. in, you know, at a place like GCW where everything is like so extreme and so hardcore, yeah, It's going to the absolute limit for me to be able to provide that moment where people believed that I was a witch, you know, and I was fighting against evil, like to, to bring something different to the table like that, I think was just so cool.
0: I definitely think it was, especially in an environment where it went 24 hours straight. We saw so many different characters throughout that day. So just that program-, program alone was really, really special. But I'm wondering, what was the backstage atmosphere like throughout the whole 24 hours of Fight Forever? Granted, you wrestled once during then, correct?
1: Yes, and I was actually there doing ring crew. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, but <laughs> I wrestled and then immediately changed and went back to helping with that Gotcha. But um, it's it's weird because you know with it in a situation that could be totally chaotic, it actually went mm-hmm. off without a hitch. Like everybody knew what they had to do to make mm-hmm. the day successful, and people just kind of took their little piece of the pie and owned it. And it just made it for a very it made for a very very smooth experience. Um, people were actually very very hyper aware of the fact that we had to move so many people through the environment so quick. Yeah, and. Nobody was hanging out like people were wrestling and leaving and like being very aware of COVID protocols, and trying to keep the number of people in the building down. Like it was really nice to see everybody come together within the community, whether it be the wrestlers, you know, Brett, the promoter, our commentators, everybody who was on ring crew. Like it just was a very well oiled machine. I-, I couldn't have asked for a better day. It really went very smooth.
0: Now, like you said, you are known as the good witch and the conduit of karma. So, how does that character translate into real life? Like, how invested are you with your crystals, energy readings, and any other aspects of that sorts?
1: So, I am a witch, like for real. Like, I don't, I don't play the witch. I am the witch. Okay. Um, so, I'm a witch. My family are witches. My aunt is a high priestess. I kind of grew up around it. It's always been a thing. And they always say the best gimmicks that you can come up with in wrestling are things that are truly a part of yourself. So you're not acting, you know? So I was like, man, it would be so cool to take this thing that's a part of me and is so special and share it with everybody else in a way that they get entertainment and enjoyment from it. So that's where it came from, is I was like, wouldn't it be so great if I was a witch and I was the good witch? You know, I wasn't a dark sorceress or an Mm -hmm. evil witch, or you know? trying to do malicious things. I was truly there for the for the sake of good and for the sake of karma against these evil, vengeful characters that we come across in wrestling, right? So I just saw it as an opportunity to take something that was a part of myself and put it at the forefront and build a story around it. And it's gone so great. I I love it. I love finding new, different ways to integrate my witchy vibes into my moveset.
0: Now, how deep is your crystal collections? Because I know you said on one occasion that you don't buy crystals in the shape of towers. So before we get to the reasoning behind <laughs> this, which is pretty funny, like how deep is your collection of crystals?
1: It's pretty, it's not, ex- super, I would say it's extensive. Okay. I try to be very mindful with what I keep. And, you know, sometimes crystals do, they serve their purpose and you mm-hmm. have to let them go and you return them to the earth. And there are different ways to tell. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Sometimes if a crystal has protected you, it will crack or change color. There, there are ways to tell when it's time to let something go and integrate something new. But every, every witch is different. Everybody mm-hmm. feels differently. Two of my rules of thumb are I don't generally accept crystals from other people because I don't want to absorb any... Negative energy from them, even if it's unintentional, because, you know, that happens. People mean well, but, you know. So I just like to get crystals that call to me personally. I will accept them from my family and obviously from my coven, but just the general populace I don't accept crystals from. And then the other thing is I really just don't like tower-shaped crystals because my magic is very feminine. I am very much integrated with the goddesses, and I just don't want any kind of negative male energy in my sphere. Okay. I'm big on eliminating negative male energy. Give me all the intergender matches. I'll take them all on.
0: (laughs) I can respect that, though. I'm, like, snapping because I I can respect that. It has a place.
1: There is a place for masculine energy. Mm -hmm. But in my particular practice, I am very much into the divine feminine and having crystals that are in shapes that are friendly to feminine energy. So that's just my personal take on it. I don't need no male energy.
0: I'm good. It's okay. So for someone like me who is still trying to grasp um, more knowledge on the concept of crystals and all that, like, I don't know anything. I know some types of crystals, but I understand that certain crystals hold a certain power or are good for a certain thing, whether it be, like, peace or, like, calmness or, like, I don't know how to describe it. So for me, who's somebody who's looking for like, inner peace, is there a certain type of crystal that is particularly good for something like that?
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm really big on amethyst for that. Okay, it helps you ground your emotions. And a lot of times when we experience turbulence in our life, it's because we are not being aware of our emotions, or at least for me, you know, I'm Not in control of my own emotions, or I'm allowing other people's emotions to stick to me and make me volatile and crazy. So I find that Amethyst is a very good beginner grounding crystal, and you can pick them up pretty much anywhere. And I'm still honestly, to this day, learning about crystals. I I have tons of books on them. I do not like advanced, crazy, complicated reading on things, so I always try to find like crystals for beginners, Mm. crystals for dummies, because that really gives you the information you need very cut and dry. But Amethyst is great because it also, while it grounds you, it helps you become more in tune with your intuition. You can get guidance from the higher realms and the goddesses, and it gives you power over your dreams. So I always keep my Amethyst by my nightstand to to help um, manifest my dreams being very happy and positive and not stressful or scary
0: <laughs> so in terms of manifesting too i feel like everybody has a different process of it whether it be through like meditation or your crystals so do you have a certain process or like routine when you're manifesting something or is it through your crystals
1: it depends on what um particular energy i'm working with i work okay. crystals sometimes sometimes if it's a lunar cycle I will work with the energy of the new moon or the full moon. The new moon is actually tonight. It's an Aquarius. It's great for setting intentions, mm-hmm. but because it is in Aquarius and it is also Mercury retrograde right now, it can make us lack focus when setting mm-hmm. our intentions. So it's really important to make sure you do something to focus those intentions you're setting. So tonight I would use the energy of the moon, but I would, I'm probably going to write down my intentions because mm-hmm. when you write something down, its it's concrete. It's not like you're, there's no way for your mind to deviate from what you've written. So it kind of roots it for you and keeps that focus.
0: Okay, So good. that's
1: one way. Yeah, you don't always have to, it doesn't have to be in your head. Like, writing stuff down is a great way to manifest it. I write stuff down to manifest it and then put it in my gear bag. Like, oh, if it's a wrestling room.
0: I to love play. that. So
1: okay. I um I do all of that. I do stuff like that. Sometimes I'll write down words that come to me. Mm-hmm. I love to take, like, a cupcake liner. I have, like, these little witchy cupcake liners and I'll write down words that come to me like or things that I want in wrestling like prosperity, success, opportunity, and I'll burn it as part of my ritual and whatever word is left or whatever word, whatever word burns first, I'm like, okay, that's what I need to really focus on this month. So there's just different ways you can put this into practice. Okay. You know, spells and rituals don't actually have to always be everybody sitting around yeah. gathered with the candles and the crystals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many different <laughs> ways you can manifest and just small spells through your daily life
0: okay good to know because like i said i'm trying to get better at it but like you said it doesn't have to be like all crystals it can be like written down okay that's good to know like genuinely i'm trying to learn more so thank you for that
1: well yeah and i have a book actually it's called Ooh. crystals for beginners by okay. karen frazier and it has tons of pictures and it's really cute and it, it gives you mantras and it helps explain. It has like what each crystal does, where it's from, the shapes you can get it in. And it's, it's very easy to digest. I love it. Okay. It's one of my favorite books for reference. It's not outrageously expensive either. I got it at Barnes and Noble, but it's great. You might even be able to get the e-version, the Kindle version. I don't know. I like real books though.
0: Can you repeat the name of the book one more time for the listeners?
1: Crystals for Beginners by Karen Frazier.
0: Okay. Now, how invested are you in astrology? I know me and you were talking before this about Mercury being in retrograde right now, but how invested are you in astrology?
1: Pretty invested. I would not say I am an expert, okay. but with us being witches, who yeah. are very, we get a lot of magic from the moon, so we do a lot of praising and rituals to worship the moon goddess Selene. So astrology is a big part of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's like anything. It has the weight you put into it. And it's like a guide to people, right? Like people always go, oh, only this person had a manual. Like they do." <laughs> yeah. It's called astrology. Yeah. That's how you can figure out how somebody operates. Yeah. Um, That doesn't mean that they're going to 100% be that way or you're going to 100%. Oh, no, yeah. Because there's so many different factors that influence our behaviors. You can't just chalk it off. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a Pisces. Okay, that's great. I am too. (laughs) Um, So I really like it because it gives you a lot of insight into how you operate. And it makes you more mindful of how you operate and what you have a predisposition to do. And it gives you the opportunity to grow instead of being debilitated. You know? So, for example, as a Pisces, I may have a little bit of a tendency to, like, my naps and be a little dreamy and be a little bit lazy. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be like that my whole life. Mm -hmm. It means, like, okay, this is something that is a natural tendency of mine, but how do I use this to enrich my life instead of Mm debilitating my life? And that's how I view it. Because really, you're in control of yourself at the end of the day. (laughs) We all make choices.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get just, that.
1: I was just going to say, we, we all make choices, right? We, yeah. at the end of the day, nothing just is what it is. We've all made our choices to get to where we are and we, make, we choose to behave the way we behave and react and respond the way we react and respond. So the more insight you can have into like your natural impulses, the more you can be in control of yourself and make better decisions that make your life easier.
0: I think that's a good point, too, because with astrology, sometimes people think that these certain traits, like, define you fully, especially, like, the negative ones. Like, I'm a Scorpio, and there's obviously some very apparent, like, negative stereotypes about us. (laughs) But the thing is, like, I don't define myself by that because i feel like i'm the opposite but like you said it's a culmination of what you believe in like other things in the universe but you're not defined by that specific thing so well, you can
1: have other placements in your yeah. chart that help balance out some of those scorpio tendencies you that know, is which true depends on what your moon is what your rising is but, like there are other mm-hmm. factors right like that maybe balance out some of these tendencies or make you like more rounded or more even keeled or more extreme you know <laughs> if you're like a scorpio on a Scorpio on top of Scorpio it's like okay we got a lot of Scorpio going on there but we can still work with this and it's so easy to get bogged down in these negative traits yeah like me being lazy as a Pisces or you know Scorpios being like manipulative and yeah I don't necessarily think that it's an evil thing I think it's a curiosity thing like they have a natural curiosity about people about situations they're very intuitive they want to know what's up you know that doesn't mean they care what's up they just Mm want to know so it's like, if you can, if you're dealing with somebody who's very investigative and has that Scorpio tendency, if you can just tell yourself, like, okay, like, do they really care? Or are they just asking so they have the information? It's like, they're just asking because they're just curious. It's not like they're offended or upset, you know? Yeah. So it's learning to interpret those in positive ways.
0: I love, though, that you bring that up Um, like I'm not I'm not I'm not triple Scorpio, I promise I'm a moon Virgo and rising is Aquarius. So I promise I'm not triple Scorpio, but it's just like there's other aspects to it is basically what you're saying. So I completely understand.
1: Yeah, there's so much that goes into it. Like if you really are super curious, you can, there are people that study astrology, Mm -hmm. like go to school for astrology, like, and they can pull your chart and they can like really do a deep dive. And it's like a very mind opening experience. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who has a little bit of a curiosity, I encourage you to do that, to find someone whose forte is astrology Mm -hmm. and reading birth charts, and they will give you knowledge that will blow your mind. It's it's an incredible experience to have as a human.
0: (laughs) I agree. Now we've definitely established that you are a very creative person as evidenced with your in-ring persona, but I know you originally went into photography and then transitioned into graphic design in college. So what do you think was the biggest lesson or thing you learned in your graphic design courses or program that has stuck with you?
1: I'm trying to think of how to word this. It's being a graphic designer you get a lot of feedback from your clients that don't Mm -hmm. know anything about art and you have to work with it you know you just have to roll with it you can't get angry so one of the things that graphic design has taught me is how to be a better listener and how to like work within restrictive parameters Mm -hmm. because you're not always going to get your way it's not always going to be what you think is best and sometimes you have to be in situations with people who are less educated than you on a fact but they're still going to be the one making the decision you know so it just it's really been good for me in that sense of like just teaching me how to work with people better and to not be like so offended you know like oh my god they didn't like my design hey, I'm so <laughs> shit, blah, blah, blah. yeah you know it's, it's so easy to do that but then you have to pull yourself back and you have to be like realistically like okay this is a client this is a job i'm making money This is not my life work. This is not my defining Leonardo moment, you know? So just being able to pull yourself back has been a really good lesson that has taught me. And just also, like, it's weird because this is something I've started doing in wrestling, right? Like, soon when you're trying to come up with stuff to do in your matches, like, sometimes people tell you, like, really dumb stuff that doesn't make sense. And you can do two routes here. You can be like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. And then everybody gets offended and upset. It's, like, a huge ordeal, right? Mm-hmm. or I kind of treat it as like when a client tells me something that I think is stupid about the like, well, we should make this red. And instead of telling them, well, that's stupid. Don't make it red. I go, Oh, so why do you want to make it red? And then it, it makes them kind of think about why they want to do it. And then sometimes people get there on their own. So that's been like a great <laughs> skill, you know, to have this mm-hmm. translated in the wrestling. So why do you want to do a super flex? Tell me, you know, and, and sometimes people do tell you and you're like, Oh, you know actually now that you put it that way that makes sense Mm -hmm. so they as in the process of telling you they themselves realize like oh wait that doesn't make sense let's just scrap that and the problem solves itself without any conflict right so that's something graphic design has taught me to is to kind of ask questions like not offensive questions just like to get people thinking instead of like offending people out the gate by denying them because nobody responds well to being told no
0: oh no (laughs) uh, no be open-minded yeah in any
1: capacity whether it be graphic design your regular Mm -hmm. life brother your sister like your work whatever Mm -hmm. nobody likes to be told
0: no no i get that now do you have a specific niche within graphic design that you're drawn to or in essence what content do you really enjoy creating that involves graphic design
1: i really like illustration um i love i grew up at the beach i love skateboard and surf art i grew up skating and surfing as a kid my uncle glasses surfboards it's a thing it's a whole thing Mm -hmm. like i worked at a skateboard shop was one of my first jobs So I was always around that style of art. Like I really, really like Jeremy Fish and that just, you know, I love Ed Templeton. I love Mark Gonzalez, like all those guys and like that like street art style, Mm -hmm. right? So I love illustration, I love doing T shirts, I love doing fun stickers, stuff like that. Um I work in graphic design outside of wrestling and it's a little bit more commercialized, so I don't necessarily get to satiate that need in my in my day job Mm -hmm. all the time, but when it comes to my free choice of what I want to do, I like I like illustration.
0: Now, who in terms of characters and personas and wrestling, is there a character that has entertained you or captivated you the most?
1: I used to really like China growing up. Yeah. Because she just felt larger than life, right? You know, she just felt like a superstar and she was just this force that was just such a such a badass, right? <laughs> like China was great. I've always liked the great Muda for the same reason. He's just so otherworldly and like there's just something so interesting about him and how he operates i really i like characters in wrestling like a lot Mm -hmm. of my favorite wrestlers are character based um i really really like 1990s michinoku pro Mm -hmm. i love like super dolphin and grand naniwa and i love the characters and and the way they bring their characters into the way they wrestle i just think that's so cool it's kind of a lost art these days
0: Mm -hmm. you know yeah, I feel like sometimes characters get lost because it's more focused on the in-the-ring action and not, like, overall character work with promos and in-ring and psychology. Sometimes it does get lost, like you said.
1: Yeah, and there's really a spot for
0: everybody. Yeah, like,
1: There's a spot for people that are just phenomenal athletes. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, that is their thing. But that's not going to be everybody's thing, and it's like if everybody did the same thing, it, it wouldn't work. Wrestling's very much a variety show. You <laughs> so know, you need you need the the athleticism you need the brawlers you need the street fight you mm-hmm. need the comedy match You need the tag team match you need the women's match you need all the pieces to have a successful show right mm-hmm. but i definitely sometimes miss like the characters like even like the characters like stone cold steve austin he was like i'm a redneck and i drink beer and i hate my boss and yeah like, well everybody can relate to that you know so or, or a good chunk of their demographic. And and while it just felt like he was a person, there was a persona associated with that. And I think that that's fun to have. It's just fun. I like, I like having a persona.
0: And in terms of creative moments, I know a big thing that Becky Lynch actually taught you was to you have to figure out what you do well, how you can make it memorable, and then create a moment in wrestling. So is there a a moment or two in wrestling that stands out to you? It could involve you, it could not, but is there one moment in wrestling that stands out to you as particularly creative?
1: I honestly am going to just piggyback off of this and say that when Becky finally snapped and snatched Charlotte, like, that was <laughs> such a moment. Yeah, It was such a good moment because there was a build and like everybody wanted to see it. And, and that's what we should all strive to create is like that people are so invested in what's going on that they cannot wait for that climax of the action right of the story like they they want it like you want people salivating for that moment like when she reached out and Mm -hmm. and just smacked her like people lost it and like that was a moment and the thing that's crazy is like it wasn't like a high spot it wasn't like a big character gimmick spot Mm -hmm. you know it it was truly just a moment in wrestling that had been building and building and building Mm -hmm. to the point of when it finally happened like people just like exploded right And I think that that's kind of what we should all strive to do, is just get people so invested that they're just salivating, waiting for that moment to happen.
0: Yeah, I remember that day. And, like, I'm a huge Charlotte fan, but the tension, like, the inner frustration with Becky had been building and building because she had been so overshadowed for so long. And at the end Mm -hmm. of that match, you're like oh, they're hugging. And then everyone was like, inside Becky, like, when are you going to turn on her? And then when she finally turned on her, I just remember going, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like as much as I love Charlotte, it was such a great moment for Becky, a great final climax point to where she is sick of being overshadowed, sick of being frustrated, like she's going to take over. So that was an incredible moment. I remember that.
1: Another one that really sticks out in my mind, just, like, if we're talking modern era things, Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that I can still see it to this day, like, CM Punk sitting on top of that ladder at WrestleMania Mm -hmm. 25. Like, you wanted so badly for him to win. You had been following this journey, like, Mm -hmm. through ECW, like, through all, like, you were just, you wanted it so bad, and when it happened, like, the amount of, Mm -hmm. like, emotional response from the fans was just overwhelming right like every I feel like everybody who watched that could probably remember that moment like they know what it looked like what the song sounded like like the expressions of people's faces in the crowd like and that's that's like the cool stuff right like that's so cool to me that you can like get people invested on that level
0: Definitely for sure. I'm winning money in the bank and I oh my god, like magical. Like <laughs> there's so many magical moments in wrestling, but when they're done like right and you like feel a twinge in your heart, it's just like you can't describe mm-hmm. the feeling. Definitely.
1: No, a hundred percent. And and I love seeing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love
0: it. Now, switching gears here, before you started training at Black and Brave, you obviously did a lot of managing and valeting, but an interesting note is that you actually did some ring crew work for Impact Wrestling, so can you tell us more about that experience?
1: Yeah, so when I applied to go to Black and Brave, you have to kind of wait a year for your class, so yeah. most of the time, it's like a book the year out. So you have a whole year, and like, you can either sit on your ass and do nothing, or and I took it as, like, well, what can I do to, like, learn more about the business of this year? So I started just going to local shows, um, doing some family work, some management work, helping the ring crew, setting up rings. Um Through doing this, I actually met uh Chris Levin, who's a good friend of mine, kid ref. And he's like, yeah, come help out at Impact. I did. And it just became a thing. I just would come help set up the rings, set up chairs, like, advance their seats, whatever they needed. And it was just so nice to, like, be in that environment because – you got to learn so much just from watching and just being around that type of production that you can't just walk, you know, you can't get that just anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was so much fun. I learned so much there just about like how, how TV works, even, you know, it was just cool to just sit and watch everything come together from like a standpoint I hadn't had before. And it gave me a whole new appreciation for the business. So
0: so and, and
1: that it's like learning to put a ring up, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. There are people in wrestling that don't know how to do that. Oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Huh. Now with learning to you... know.
1: do, it blew my mind too. Like when, <laughs> I, when I found out I was like,, oh, no way, really? Like because it just doesn't seem like it would be true, but yes, there are people that don't know how to do that. And then you're like, wow, okay. And then it just goes to show you how important it is to like learn every aspect of the business and it, how it makes you love the business even more.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned, too, that you were learning, like, the different uh, backstage stuff, like, for TV and stuff. Do you think that kind of helped you then, like, during shows? Because I know, that, like, hard cam is a thing. So, which on a lot of the independents you don't get a lot of experience with because a lot of it's not, like, on TV. So, did you get experience in learning, like, TV angles? Or what was your experience, like, learning uh, ring crew stuff and then watching everything unfold on TV?
1: So, like, when you're doing ring crew, like, you'll be doing something totally mindless, like taping down Mm -hmm. mats or, like, you know, whatever they have you doing, right? Setting up guardrails. But while you're doing this, like, the performers are there, and they're going through their matches, and they're walking through stuff in the ring, and they're trying to get stuff perfect. And Mm -hmm. it's in that process you kind of get some insight into, like, how it all comes together, like, how the match comes together, how they walk through stuff, and then getting to see the match later in the night, it, like clicks you know it's like oh oh, okay like they did this and they did that and like oh I get why they're over there now and oh this makes sense yeah I get it like all these light bulbs start going off but you have to see the whole process for that to happen sometimes right and I feel like it was really cool to get to see that so early on because there are people that don't get to see that until they've been wrestling for like a year or Mm -hmm. two and then then they have the light bulb moment and it all clicks but it was it was a really cool experience because it does show you how important that is and especially now, because yeah, a lot of indies aren't on TV, but like a lot of indies are
0: yeah. on TV.
1: So it is like very much a thing, you know, you still need to be aware of it. And like things like that, if you can make them have it early on, then they become second nature later down the road.
0: Definitely too, and I think you've done a fantastic job because you have so much experience in everything. Like besides just wrestling in the ring, like you said, you've managed, you've done ring crew, you've valeted, you've done a lot behind the scenes, and so I think that's definitely a one up on, like you said, because not a lot of not everybody has that experience. So I think, at least from what I've seen, you've definitely utilized it well.
1: Have you ever worked in, like, a restaurant in any capacity, like, food service?
0: I have. I actually kind of. I did concession stands in college for my work study, so kind of.
1: That counts. But so, like, you know how there's, like, well, like, okay, we'll just do restaurant structure just, but I'm sure it applies the same way. So there's, like, the kitchen, the dishwasher, the guy, you know, the busboy, the hostess, Mm -hmm. the waitress, the bartender. Like, there's a hierarchy, Yeah. And there's a difference between somebody who's hired off the street and goes right into a bartending position and then someone who started out washing dishes, then bust tables, mm-hmm. then hostess, then waited tables, and then finally got that bartending position. I think they appreciate it a little bit more, right? And because they've seen how everybody contributes to make it come together. And I think the same thing could be said about wrestling. I think that when you get to have the experiences of setting up chairs and setting up rings and then managing and balleting and running errands and, and doing all that type of stuff you you grow a deeper love for what you're doing it, it makes you more appreciative of the business and it also gives you like a better understanding of like why things are the way they are and like how they operate the way they do so it's just so good to have like, it just sets you up for success like the more knowledge you have in that sense the better off you are.
0: So I know an important part of your character is your crown, of course. So how and where was this beautiful crown made? I need the tea.
1: Um, it was made in my bedroom. In oh, my mom's okay. house with my own two hands. <laughs> and it's um it's like a little bit of a process. It's just like I got a headband from Walmart, mm-hmm. just a regular like headband, and I fancied it up a little bit. Uh I used a lot of buttons, a lot of um glitter some some ribbon i used um the little spikes are actually zip ties i saw that on pinterest really i'm gonna try it yeah i was like i'm gonna try that but i made them like i put like glitter on them. yeah so they would be sparkly and shiny but yeah it's just um it's something that i put together i've been like i said went to a bunch of stores found full vintage buttons and frogs and i was like this is so great. And I got inspired because I saw something similar on Etsy, but they were, like, charging, like, $300 for it. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's great and all, but I think I can make something similar. Yeah. Like, let me just try it before I invest in this, right? So it, it worked really well. It, it takes some patience, though, because you're, you're dealing with metal and glue, and, like, you have to do it in, like, layers. Like, you have to, like, glue this one part, and then you have to let it dry completely overnight. Then you have to come back to it next day and add this on top. So it does take a little bit of time, but, yeah, I make them i
0: oh. make them at home <laughs> oh so you, but it's special yeah
1: it's special that way because it has my energy and my vibes in it it's 100 percent mine
0: so you said you have many of them so how many crowns do you have then
1: infinite crowns Infinite. there's oh, an infinite okay. number of crowns okay. everybody's just gonna have to watch
0: and see how many i have okay well i look forward <laughs> to that for the special occasions especially too with different colored gears and everything i assume that you yeah. make each one unique i and hope everything. i get
1: to do a witchy wrestlemania entrance someday like that would mm-hmm. be so cool because i love the performance aspect of mm-hmm. this thing. i think that's awesome I love stuff oh, like that. So
0: I love that. I can't wait to see your future crowns.
1: <laughs> I I just, I just made a new gear today. Actually, <gasps> it's blue.
0: Ooh! Oh, so you make your own gears too?
1: I do. Uh, my oh. grandmother was a quilter, and my mom is a seamstress that makes clothes. So I, taught, I was taught how to sew growing up. And it's something that during the pandemic, I just kind of got a little bit better at. I was like, well, let me put some more time into this and learn a little bit more about it. And I was able to eat up some of the dead time by making ring attire for myself.
0: <laughs> Girl, is there anything you can't do? Genuine question, because you seem so skilled in a lot of aspects <laughs> in life.
1: I don't like math. Okay, that fair? that's fair. I'm an <laughs> creative person. I'm an art major. I like art things. I like, I like art and I like music and... I like creating I'm I'm really awful at calculus and okay.
0: stuff like that, that that's not, fair I just I, my brain
1: just doesn't function <laughs> that way like I just that was hard for me when I was in college too was doing like math and science mm-hmm. courses I'm just uh,
0: like man mm-hmm. this is not my element like, I, I was like man mm-hmm. if I get a
1: C I'm happy I'm cool I'm going home happy <laughs> like, it just you know but the other thing that's cool is like I mean like I, I like to think I'm good at wrestling but Believe it or not, like I'm not super great at team sports. Like I wasn't somebody who played a lot of like team sports growing up yeah. in high school or anything like that. And I feel like a lot of people in wrestling come from very athletic team sport backgrounds. Like they played football or they were uh-huh. amateur wrestlers themselves or lacrosse or whatever you played, right? I um I didn't really do I didn't excel at team sports. I was um I was better at skateboarding
0: mm-hmm. and um You did, too. I did martial arts yeah,
1: growing Yeah. Up. yeah.
0: Huh. Interesting. So I'm
1: not really good at, like, team sports, and I'm not really good at math or science.
0: It's okay, though. You make but up, make you make up cool for crown. it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm excited, though, to see your new gear and all these amazing crowns. I know, genuinely, yeah. girl, that's amazing that you are, like, that talented enough because I am not gifted in those aspects of life. But that's really, really incredible, too.
1: Well, it's such a huge part of my character. Too. Yeah, so like, you know, I can come up with this elaborate backstory about me being a witch fighting the good fight. But at the end of the day, if you don't know who I am, and it's the first time you see me on your screen, I need I want to I want people to get that. from looking Yeah. At me. So like, that's why it's so important to me to like have such a put together, like, intentional presence in that sense, because it helps my character read on the screen or just read to an audience. Even if they don't understand my entire backstory, I want them to look at me and be like, well, she's a witch, cool. You know, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it's that quick read that I'm really striving for because not everybody that I perform in front of is going to know my background or yeah. be familiar with me, mm-hmm. right? So anything you can do to help people along is always a good thing. And I think having a very intentional look when it comes to your attire helps with that.
0: No, definitely. It helps tell your story. First impressions count, definitely.
1: Yeah, like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. What's the <laughs> quick read on Stone Cold Steve Austin? If you knew nothing about his backstory and you saw him come out,
0: he just walks like a badass. That's what, that's what I would, and it, it comes out to an yeah. amazing theme song. So that's what I would first be noted by.
1: Mm mm-hmm. hmm. And he looks, and he is relatable to the everyday mm-hmm. person, the blue collar worker, right? So it's the quick read. And I just, I feel like the more you can help people latch onto your story, the more invested they'll be in it. Like, you have to make it easy. You don't want people to, like, think too much. Mm -hmm. You want them to, like, fall in easy and just enjoy the ride.
0: Now, lastly, we are all about hashtag girl power here on A Wrestling Gal. (laughs) So, who are some females in your personal or professional life who inspire or empower you the most?
1: I would have to say my mom, for sure. My mom is just such, like, this badass lady like all throughout her life she's just like taken charge and that inspires me so much um she's always worked she's a nurse she's worked in nursing management in mm-hmm. all tiers and in, in various hospitals and just never backs down from a challenge she's worked in all departments whether it be from, like the er to the operating room to just doing that surge like to ICU to shock trauma it's she's done it all and it's like she's just tackled it head on and and learned and grown and I just I admire her so much for just being somebody that doesn't say no to things it was like yeah let's do it let's learn it I can do that and that's always been so inspirational to me because there have been plenty of times in my life where I've been like oh man shit I don't know if I can do this and then I'm like what would my mom say my mom (laughs) would just look at somebody and be like yeah I can do that even if she had no clue She'd be like 100 percent confident in her ability to figure it out and just be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And she would do it. And, and that's just always been so inspirational to me. But she's never doubted herself in that capacity. You know, she's always just risen to the occasion. So she just inspires me so much with that.
0: I love that. I wish we could all have that <laughs> confidence to be like, "I'm not going to let anything stand in my way." I love that.
1: She doesn't. She doesn't. She just goes right through it. <laughs> but my mom is also a Sagittarius. So oh, okay, like, okay. You know, <laughs> she she goes, but I, I love that about her, and I just love that like her commitment to like mm-hmm. taking care of me because my parents were divorced when I was young, and like mm-hmm. I kind of fell in her lap. Like she had to take care of me. Yeah. And there was a point in time where she was working three jobs just to make all the ends meet and like my aunt would babysit me during the day and stuff but she still always made time that she was home from work to do stuff with me like take me to get pizza or go play ski ball with me at the arcade or whatever so just that her commitment to just making it work man like Aww. not only being confident but just making the situation mm-hmm. work it's just she's such an inspirational person
0: Oh, shout out to your mom <laughs>
1: yeah shout out to mom, mama witch there <laughs> holding it down <laughs>
0: Now, before I let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias?
1: Yes, I only have Twitter and Instagram. I do not have Facebook or YouTube or any of that. I just have those two platforms. I try to keep it really small so everybody can find everything in one place. My handle on both platforms is at KayaMCK, so K-A-I-A-M-C-K, and I try to be active on both. I'm kind of new to Twitter. I'm a little bit better at Instagramming. Twitter's wild, man. Twitter stresses me out. Oh, I, but I know. Because I know it's a great way to get information to people about where I'm mm-hmm. going to be and what events I'm going to be at next. But I didn't have a Twitter prior to wrestling. Mm-hmm. I had just opted out of that. <laughs> but I know it's important to be able to get the fans information about what I'm going to be doing and where I'm off to next. And that's like a huge way that they interact and engage with us these days. So I was not going to deprive people of Twitter.
0: Oh, oh, no, especially in like the pandemic life, like staying in contact with people since you can't do a lot of face to face stuff. Definitely. I, I get that sometimes it's hard, but yeah, it's definitely a good way to network and branch out to fans and like the whole community. So I get that.
1: It's so interesting, though, because I think for as good as Twitter is in that aspect, like I always think of how wrestlers felt to me as a kid. Like wrestlers weren't accessible. Yeah. think you found out about a wrestler is which you read right in PWI or mm-hmm. like the WWF magazine. Like, there was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no like seeing what Macho Man and Randy Savage was doing in his house with
0: his dogs. <laughs> just like, think, just,
1: yeah. Like it, they were, they truly felt like they were superheroes mm-hmm. because of that too. So I sometimes wonder if, like, in the abil- in in being so accessible, have we kind of like lost a little bit of that mystique? But even if we have, then it's on us to create that in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, bring the allure back, but modernize it, right?
0: Yeah. I think so. I think you're doing a great job with your your character work. So even if we get a little peek behind the curtain of who Kaya really is, you still have an amazing <laughs> character who's able to captivate people and just keep on trucking with that.
1: It's just me turned up to ten. Mm-hmm. Kaya and I are not that different.
0: Well, thank you so much <laughs> again today for joining me today, Kaya. It's been a pleasure.
1: Well, I enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me on your um, show. It was just a very enjoyable experience. And I really enjoyed all of the questions you asked me today. Thank you for taking all the time you took to come up with fun things to ask me.
0: Of course. Thank you again.
1: Of course.